Hey, it's another episode of Their Stories with Dustin Anderson. We want to thank you again for tuning in. It's been great connecting with people all across the country about their stories. I have some more guests lined up. We didn't have a chance to get an episode on last week for various reasons. All good, all good. Uh, but this week is really, we're back at it. We're talking with people. And today's story is a wonderful one. We are talking with Leah, uh, somebody that I've never met in person before. And that's the beauty of the stories is because I get a chance to connect with people that to me are complete strangers. But after I get a chance to chat with them prior to recording, during and a little after, I really get a chance to talk uh, and listen to who they are and, and get to know uh, the person that makes them who they are, right? Well, today Leah is, is is she is the founder and host of the Embracing Autism podcast. She she works uh, with uh, well her co-founder and her co-host, her uh, her uh, husband Matt. Uh, we'll talk more about it in the podcast. But you know she has a fantastic story, and I really really want you to uh, tune in to what makes her uh, motivated every single day in her life. What makes her do uh, the work that she does? I wouldn't even consider it a job. She she has a calling. She has a passion, and and listen to her story. She is Leah, and she is on today's Their Stories podcast. Enjoy. We're on episode seven of Their Stories, another week, and another week of interviewing people that are, you know what, they're just special in so many ways because everybody has a story, a special story, one that can really embrace certain values in life, ways of trying to influence, uh, trying to inspire people, groups, whatever you may think about, a story is so powerful. Now, today, we have Leah on the line. Good evening or afternoon, what you want to call it, Leah. Hello, how are Hi, you? Hi, I am good. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, not too bad. And first of all, thank you for for doing this um, because I think these stories are so, so important. And, and it is your platform today about your story. Um, but before we get started into really the, the why of of what you do maybe tell us a little bit about where you're at i don't know uh just a quick little intro about who you are right now and yeah that's that's the beauty of it so a quick introduction go ahead leah yeah um so my name is leah and i am the founder of autism wish um, which is kind of like a mom and pop style charity where we grant sensory and therapeutic items to autistic children um, and I'm also the host of the Embracing Autism podcast, which is meant to be a resource for parents of autistic children. It's kind of like hand-holding you through the process of before you even get a diagnosis and how to prepare for the diagnosis and then what to do after a diagnosis. So um, I do a little bit of that. And then generally speaking, I do a lot of like autism advocacy and other learning disabilities like ADHD advocacy and stuff like that. Well, very nice. And so really uh, an important uh, 
group, a, an important foundation, a, a, a calling, a passion, all those words, right? There's so many pieces. But but the really the important thing is I want to get down to is, is you know, what what inspired you? Have you been doing this for 20 years? Have you been doing this for uh, three years? What is your background? How did this start, Leah? How did the, uh, the Autism Wish Foundation start? So um, it actually started under COVID-19 pandemic. Um, under the pandemic, I actually have two autistic children who are ages two and three. And because of the pandemic, there was a lot of consequences to it. So um, autistic children are really susceptible to regressions um, if they're not in their normal routine. And the pandemic basically eliminated that routine for them. So they were getting a lot of behavioral regressions, uh, feeding regressions, like I had to put them in feeding therapy because they weren't able to eat anymore. So there was a lot of issues that happened. And the, the other outcome of that was that due to COVID-19, all of their therapies were also canceled. So there was a lot of autistic uh, kids out there that got kind of like a double whammy because not only did they experience regressions and everything because of the pandemic, but on top of that, they also lost access to therapy. So I decided that, you know, I wanted to put a resource out there that was available for parents so that they can continue therapy at home. So Autism Wish was kind of born of that as a way to kind of have these kids be able to have wish lists put together to grant sensory and therapeutic needs and then get sponsors to match up with the kids so that the kids could have these items granted and then the parents could essentially use those toys that are usually for like occupational therapy so like fine motor skill toys or sensory toys or things like that and then the parents at home could kind of try to recreate the therapies while they didn't have access to them. Interesting. So this is fairly new, right? Yeah. Leah? So it's only been like I think it's gonna be like the second year now. So now going into its its second year, very very early, developing still, obviously. But 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 prior to that, Leah, what is what is your background in terms? You you mentioned your family, <laughs> correct? But 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 prior to that, what, you know, were you in education? Did something in your life previously? Um, uh huh hit your heart that that wanted you to start this so honestly part of it is also that i have a neurodiverse background myself and i come from a neurodiverse family so because of that um i empathized a lot with my kids and growing up i i had undiagnosed adhd and other learning disabilities that i did not have diagnosed until my college years and because of that i struggled a lot growing up Um, especially in school, not just educationally, but also like the bullying from your peers and people who didn't understand. So that basically kind of gave me a perspective so that when my kids were diagnosed with autism, I kind of already knew in a way how I wanted to make sure that I prepared certain things so that they could kind of like avoid being in a situation that I was in as a kid. So that was part of the inspiration of it as well. You know, an inspiration really hits me uh, in in why we want to tell these types of stories and talk to people uh, such as you. And you're not just coming from a classroom and and reading these textbooks uh, about this type of information. You have this 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 type of knowledge, this practical way of of thinking and doing and and understanding you you are empathetic do you feel like in in your situation and developing this and understanding this and what you do in with parents do you think it is important to to have that 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 way of 
being empathetic? I think empathy is probably like the most important thing and it's something that is actually severely lacking when it comes to like the special needs community and the neurodiversity community um, because there just seems to be assumptions that are made a lot of times. I know like for example when I was in school I have like slow processing and people just assumed that because I had slow processing they just assumed I was dumb but I actually mm. got like when I was evaluated um, and I got my diagnoses they actually said that my intellect was actually in the 99th percentile it was just that because of my processing speed it took me a lot longer to get to that information than it did with my peers but once I got it I was actually ahead of my peers but people don't tend to see that they just kind of react initially to like the here and now and they don't kind of like give you the time and space that you need now do you and, and good point on that do you feel like your uh, autism wish do you do you have a, a way of, of, of educating professionals out there as well now a resource to parents resource to caregivers but do you go out there and do workshops trainings uh, for teachers educators uh, administrative uh, personnel. It's actually funny that you say that because I, I do not yet, but I have been starting to put feelers out there to try to get an idea of like the community needs. So I am kind of in the process of kind of workshopping a workshop. Um, and I also, so I also have kind of like a neuroscience type of background. I minored in neuroscience and I worked a lot in um, the neurology department. Um, and so I have a little bit from that perspective as well. So in my podcast, I tend to try to inject a little bit of that in terms of like adding some like scientific studies that have been done and things like that to kind of water down or dilute um, some of the neuroscience for an audience that may not be as neuroscience savvy. Absolutely. And what a great way to, you know, work that in there into your podcast to be able to um, talk to people and, and, and educate them as well. I think that's important to, um, I always think, don't be influenced, be informed. And I think in these situations, as you talked about how uh, in society, it's important to be informed. I think that's so important uh, in, in your type of work and what you do. Uh, which which is the beauty. Now you talked about your workshopping a workshop. You're you're experimenting or hoping to experiment soon. Now what is your your reach? Uh, we know you're in a certain part of the country, but is your focus regionally? Is it nationally? What is your focus right now? Yeah. So right now, when it comes to our gifting program, it's nationally because we basically do it through the Amazon wish list. Um, component so since that ships nationally we figured we do as big of a reach as we could so basically uh, completely nationally in the United States um, when it comes to the podcast itself so all the resources and information that we provide there that's international so I think last I checked it's in like over 28 countries right now um, so that one is probably the best resource for listeners interesting Oh, wow. Okay. So that's good to know that to promote that information to be able to, you know, help for people to educate themselves, I guess I'm trying <laughs> to say, Leah, um, on that as well. So let me ask you some more questions here. Um, and thank you for, for being uh, on here again today. And your podcast, just to repeat, is Embracing Autism, the podcast, correct? correct. Yes, it is. And, and so now you have a master's uh, specialized in human factor psychology. And you're a user experience researcher by trade. Now, you also 
according to your website, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you are a Parents Place of Maryland baby leader. What 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 is that? So basically, um, it's kind of like I have been trained and certified to be able to assist parents with like developing IEPs and IFSPs and things like that within the school system. So it's kind of like a coach or a mentor when it comes to that process. Interesting. No, I, I, I work in the education field and I have friends and and acquaintances in the professional world that have, um, you know, uh, various backgrounds, various, um, you know, aspects of education specific to this, but I've never heard of, of something like this. And, and, and of your knowledge, is this, uh, is Maryland the only state that does this? I mean, what other states do this type of uh, certification uh, coaching? Actually, I think that pretty much every state does. The, the thing is that every state has a different name for it and every state has like a different right. title for the program. So it's kind of hard to tell because none of them are called the same thing. So there's, there's other sure. ones that are like parent empowerment and like things like that. So it's kind of hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure each state has like their version of it interesting you know the beauty of these podcasts is i you know i do a little bit research uh prior to the conversation but in my own professional world that i i like to uh, dive more into educating myself and i absolutely will go into that because i'd be curious to see where i am at uh, in the Minnesota, Wisconsin area, I'd like to see kind of what we are doing here. Now, you know, I, I, I'm a big person on teamwork, right? It, you know, in education, you always say it takes a village and, um, and working together, but uh, you have a special, uh, it looks like a special partner um, helping you with this as well. Is yes, that I correct? <laughs> and, and who is that? And that is Matt McCabe. He is my husband. <laughs> Look at that. Um, and, and, and I bet that's is is that a wonderful thing to have honestly it's been great um especially with the podcast um it's kind of funny it's been almost therapeutic because we started this podcast like way back at the beginning of our journey we just didn't release it until recently but we started recording way back early and it almost ended up really being kind of therapeutic in the beginning when we were just like processing our kids' diagnoses, like what does it mean, and moving forward. Because as we're providing other parents resources, we had to obviously do all the research ourselves. So that was kind of interesting. I feel like the podcast honestly has like just brought us closer together. And amen to that. I love hearing that because when you talked about the journey, what better way of, of exploring the journey is with somebody that is very close to you as well. And, and I love that. Much respect, <laughs> much respect to you on that. You know, I, I, there's a quote that I think of. It's, it says, stories make us more alive, more human, more courageous, and more loving. And, and, and right away, when I think of what you do, those key pieces of that quote more courageous more loving do you see after uh, being the founder of autism wish do you find that you you have developed kind of a i'm not saying you weren't before <laughs> but a way a, a different way of looking at the world more loving more courageous how, how do you feel you yourself leah 
and how uh, that has changed the person you are. You know, I actually think so because, I mean, like I said, I grew up with learning disabilities and I grew up with my own neurodiversity and I never really self-advocated. So growing up, I just kind of, you know, I, I dealt with it privately. I'm a private person until honestly all this, um, the podcasting world, that's kind of when I just started kind of getting out of my shell. And I haven't ever privately disclosed any of my learning disabilities or anything like that, but the podcasting world has made me feel comfortable in my advocacy work to go ahead and disclose because I feel like, you know, I, I feel like after seeing my kids go through what they're going through and then finding like the passion to advocate for them, it only made sense that I kind of like come out essentially and advocate for, you know, the entire neurodiversity movement. But I feel like that's really where the courage part kicked in because had it not been for my kids, I probably would have just kept it on the down low for a while or if ever. But I really want to like be that like mama bear for my kids and I really wanted to make sure right. that I was able to lay the groundwork for them as best as I could and I wanted to be able to have something that when they're older they can play back and listen back and they can hear my perspective and see that you know I was not ashamed that you know this is something that you can be proud of you can overcome hardship you can like still succeed and all of that so that was really the part that kind of clicked. You know, I like the way you just said that, uh, looking not just now, and of course you use a lot of pieces from the past of your, of your own, um, you know, story and journey from, from when you were uh, younger, but you look to the future and how you almost want to see uh, the world for, for your children. And I so much respect to that, because I think that a lot of times we, you know, unless we live in those shoes, we truly maybe don't understand completely and you know i'm going to backtrack to a part in your website uh, that's autismwish.org uh, there's a part where you say uh, you were shocked to discover just how much of a financial struggle it was to keep up with all the appointments and specialized equipment therapeutic items that, that the children needed i think that's so it, it's such an important piece because you know, as a parent myself, and even prior to uh, being a parent, I knew that there were financial challenges just with regular things in life with having a family. But until you live it, right, uh, you you don't have that type of uh, understanding fully. Now, but in 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 particular to your story, um, I. I you know, I, I look at how that's important to be able to put that out there for people to understand the the appointments, the, the specialized equipment. Do you find in your conversations with people, uh, whether it be in public community, uh, people that listen to your podcast reach out to you, do they say, wow, I didn't realize the, this the struggles financially or mm -hmm. you have equipment therapeutic things i mean do you find that and how do you have that conversation with them honestly this is probably one of the biggest challenges when it comes to autism i, I would say the first was probably just getting access to therapy because the average wait lists are between one to two years long for things but beyond that um, the cost of everything is astronomical. I, I had done some research and it was found that like the average amount 
of um, debt that people go into or have to pay towards therapies and autism a year is $60,000. I actually just recently calculated for my kids because my kids go to a therapeutic uh, preschool and it's like four days a week for two and a half hours. And we recently for one month, for one month, we lost one of our insurances because of COVID. And so we only had one insurance that month. And just that month alone was about $6,000 I had to pay out of pocket. Um, and I did the math just the other day because we're waiting on all the bills to hit. And the calculation that I made was that without our insurance, our kids' current therapies literally is $280,000 a year. So, Holy. yes, exactly. So, oh, I, wow. My heart just kind of like skipped a beat. Yes. Leah. Literally, oh. that's exactly what it is. So, essentially, we have no choice but to do dual insurance. And even after the dual insurance, it's still going to be pricey. I, I'm just more so shocked. I didn't even realize that. When you, first of all, you said access to items, there's a one to two year wait on a lot of those mm -hmm. things there's a typical average wait time of one to two years for every step of the way so when it comes to getting a diagnosis just the diagnosis appointment alone wow. it's about a one to two year wait list then after that they say okay your child's autistic we recommend x y and z therapies it's an additional like one to two wait list for each of those therapies so it's really hard to even get on there because there's not enough um, doctors that specialize in it since autism only affects like one or two percent of the population so you basically have to hope and pray that you get into it. And then once you do, then you have to figure out how to pay the bills. And then the other problem on top of that is once you do get the therapies, somebody has to be responsible for bringing them. That often results in one or both parents having to basically either adjust their job schedule or one of them has to basically quit and stay at home, which again, just amounts to having to figure out how to pay those bills. So it's kind of like this never ending cycle. My goodness, and that, and when you talked about the the the, was it sixty thousand was the average yes, debt? Yes, sixty thousand is the average that you mm -hmm. researched. Wow, and if for somebody, I think that's so important for people uh, to listen to this because they're, they're, you know I, I really believe that that somebody that listens to this um, podcast, you know, would know somebody through somebody that that maybe you know know somebody um, with, with autism or you know some sort of a uh, way of of uh, in that sense so so i'm just i, I just kind of I, I should pause really quick to give myself a, a breather <laughs> here but i mean as an educator I, I guess i never knew the figures i mean i knew there was challenges um in, in that but to do to do that and i think i think you know, one of the things that I think about, you, there, there's great support networks out there, of course, like my wife, when she was pregnant, she joined a, a Facebook support mm -hmm. group and they would go on there and they would support each other and, you know, and, and sometimes vent and sometimes uh, give advice. This right here, Autism Wish, is almost that but 10 times great because you, as a family, I remember when it's real right in front of us if you go on to the about us page on autismwish.org you will you will understand but you have that connection you are bridging um as you say mm -hmm. right yeah um to provide parents and caregivers with tips and advice because you can give them these numbers um but at the same time to know that hey we're in we're it's almost like we're in this together yeah. um but 
but wow, I'm just, I, and thank you again for that. I, I guess I didn't realize those those numbers. So do you, when you talk to somebody, when somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, I just I saw this website or I was referred, um, what is that first initial conversation you have? Do you say, hey, go to the website and read about us? Or do you just tell them first about, hey, this is who our family is? How, how do you approach that initial conversation so it can vary um i actually also started a monthly parenting group um so we meet virtually once a month um on facebook and we have like a zoom chat type of thing and it's kind of just like a support group so i will offer that to a lot of people um just in case they want to you know connect with other like-minded individuals who also go through the same thing um but also the way that we laid out season one of the embracing autism podcast i specifically laid it out so that it would kind of hit all of those questions that i had at the beginning where i didn't know anything and in browsing through like facebook groups when it comes to like autism parents and all of that i did see a lot of the same questions coming up over and over and over again so we made a point of making sure to answer as many of those questions in season one so in season one for example we have an episode dedicated just to navigating finances and navigating um you know free resources that your state might have so we basically just made sure to tackle all of those. And then when I see somebody kind of approach me with that question, I tend to just like point them in the direction of the episode. Interesting. I like that that way that you can direct them uh, to that as well. One of the things that I really want to direct attention to is on your website, uh, grant a wish. Tell me about that. What does it mean to grant a wish? So the way that our um, program works right now, it's the Christmas wish drive. It happens like once a year, but we also do an earmuff of July to give kids like sound canceling um, earmuffs and we also do like a Valentine's card drive as well and so um, when it comes to granting a wish we basically just ask for it to be like um, at least $20 and then anything beyond that is kind of up to you and we will hook you up with the wish list of a child who has submitted their application um, there's different ways to do it some people want to do multiple kids some people want directly the wish list and when we do that we also give you like the kids name a little biography about them um, so you can kind of get to know you know how the kids gonna benefit from the gift that you're giving them and um, it just goes you just order it straight off of their wish list so there's like no in between it's basically no middleman you just order it and get sent directly to them so if you want to send them like a personalized message in the package on Amazon you can um, and at the same time it protects everybody's privacy because no addresses get exchanged or anything like that Good point. I like that. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love the way you explained it in a way that um, that would, I think people listening would, would definitely uh, be able to understand. And, and that's the beauty of it. Because you don't want something too complicated, right? Where someone's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. Right. Um, you want to put it in a way where, hey, listen, this is what we do. The very basics. Who, what, where, why, when, you know, all of that. And so you can also, um, you know, you can essentially, I like the way you put uh, on your website how you can be a hero you you are a, a hero um and i love the the uh, photographs of those children on there uh, in their capes hey you know who wouldn't want to to, to be a hero uh, after looking at something like that <laughs> also you have um 
corporate sponsorship tiers as well. So it's kind of cool that you give options, right, for for uh, businesses and small and large businesses. So there are options off obviously on there as well. And what you can do with that, uh, I'm looking at right here. I'm looking at you know a hundred dollar donation on the bronze level. It's five children you can sponsor, yeah, right? Yeah, and honestly, like we also are open to customizing those packages as well. Um, we have had some corporate sponsors before, and I didn't realize how interested corporate sponsors were previously. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just put a package for them since they're so interested. <laughs> hey, beautiful, beautiful. And one of the things that I like that um, you mentioned in the first part of your opening for the podcast, you talked about how you're a a a mom and pop charity. I've never even heard of that before. I, I mean, I know what a mom and pop store is, but I've never heard somebody describe their charity as a mom and pop charity. <laughs> Honestly, I hadn't I either. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you find people like more, um, you know, in, in, in receiving that message? Oh, okay, you're not this big, huge, charity like will all the money go to the children you're you're saying hey i i'm a mom and pop uh, who doesn't like a mom and pop store right and you know especially during the covid times people were wanting to support the mom and pop stores of our communities you're a mom and pop um organization or charity charity excuse yeah. me and come on i mean that that to me is 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 the beauty uh as yeah well. we are we are completely like mom and pop volunteer run um, we basically just make it so that we keep our costs as minimal as possible so that as much of the donations as possible go to kids. As of right now, 100% of all donations have gone directly to kids. Um, so that's what we basically aim for. We want to basically maximize the charity part of it. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that's so important in, in, in what you know, we are, are facing in, in a whole, I, I always say the, the crazy, weird, ordinary world that we live in, um, but what great way that, that one person could look at that, browse the website, and, and, and I guess not be motivated um, to say all of, of the information you have, it's it's very easy to read, and and after listening to this podcast, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I've taken notes, <laughs> I love taking notes, I'm a note taker, um, and, and I just, I feel like I have to talk to my friend DeLorean say, did you know this? Did you know all these numbers? Uh, so I'd be curious to to know if she uh, knew the, um, uh, the the numbers that you had uh, spread with us too as well. Um, you know, really quick, you know, I, I'm all about the self-motivating factors of, of individuals. And of course, you know, it's the ability to drive ourself uh, to take initiative and action to pursue goals. I guess in your situation, uh, this might be kind of a no-brainer uh, um, answer, but I'm gonna ask it anyways, Leah. Uh, you know, what is your self-motivating factors uh, in your, and when you wake up in the morning, what are some things that you look at, do, hear? Um I think for me, I really am looking at, you know, like the future of my kids. Um, but I'm also kind of trying to look at it from a more societal perspective. Um, I'm very much so an advocate of like the like the family unit um, and like the parents involvement in raising up your child and children. And so like as well as autism advocacy, I am also kind of like just a general parent advocacy or advocate and 
Um, so for me, that's always been really like the drive, just trying to bring that kind of back in society because I feel like um, in the fight for so much independence, which is which is great, a lot of people have become super successful in the United States because of that. But I feel like the natural consequence to that is that some of that family unit has kind of like fall by the wayside. Um, so to me, that's kind of been part of the driving factor as well. And creating this as like a way to be able to kind of create that bond with my kids and leave them something. Um, even if they don't want it, at least it's there and at least they will, you know, have seen the blueprint of what it's like to try to be charitable and give back to community and make life more than just about yourself. I like that. And, I, and, and the reason why I wanted to ask that question is because I, I felt like a lot of those pieces that you, you covered in various ways throughout the conversation, but it was a great way to kind of uh, really, again, point out of, uh, point those important factors out uh, regarding uh, Autism Wish and, and who you are in your story. I think that's the beauty of it. And, and what you just said is really on your site, you supporting autistic autistic children restoring the hope in families you just touched on that as well and going into the society part of it spreading awareness and acceptance i think that's not just important with the awareness part but how society to accept i think that's that's so important i mean i remember going first into teaching and and doing a training i remember a training came in to teach us about the the autism spec spectrum disorder and I thought to myself at first, you know, fresh guy out of college, well, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be teaching these children. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm younger. I, I don't you know, you have this type of ego and, and way of thinking. Um, I learned so much right there at that at that workshop. And of course, I knew I, I needed to learn more and, and, and was was going to learn more. Look, at I'm in my late 30s right now. And just how much did I learn today? <laughs> Quite a bit, Leah, and that's and that's what I say. The beauty of the stories are everybody I've talked to, many of the people I know personally, but I didn't know them as well as I thought I did in in a, in a good way, in a good way. And of course, clean slate today. Did not know who you were, and now I know a little bit more about you and and and, and what your story is in your journey. Wow, <laughs> this is any any final things you would you want to want to touch well, on I think kind of going along with what you just said part of like my passion in life now is really truly like destigmatizing autism and I think the only way you can really truly do that is through education and through having conversations with people who are either autistic or who are closely familiar with autism and I feel like that's something that needs to be done, not just with autism, but, you know, other sort of developmental disabilities or anything like that. I just feel like when people see or hear about autism, they instantly think of all the stereotypes, right? So they think of like mm -hmm. um, a boy who is a super genius piano player or is really good at math or things like that. And they don't really think of, for example, the fact that both of my kids are girls. Nobody thinks of a girl when it comes to an autism diagnosis. And they don't think of the ones that have like sensory issues that you know involve movement and motion and running and crashing and like the dangers that that poses. They don't think about elopement risks and the fact that children can easily get hit by a car because of that. 
They don't think about the fact that there is a super high drowning rate among children and that that's actually the number one cause of death among autistic children. So I feel like there's a lot of things that can still, like people can still be educated about because these are things that you can make changes in order to prevent issues or accidents. I did not know about the swimming. Yes, yes. That's why I never, it's I really ne important to give wow. autistic children swimming lessons. And actually, police are often trained that if an autistic child has eloped and disappeared, they're trained to look around bodies of water first. Wow. That's that's something I just I, I did not know. And, and it just kind of it reiterates the message you just spoke about, how we we can we can know so many things but you know what there's so much more and i think we need to step outside of this type of, of zone and 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 want to learn more and, and should know more i think anywhere from yeah teachers but community leaders uh, administrative professionals and like even per, even police officers mm -hmm. even people in law enforcement mm -hmm. right and and so i think that's important that uh, that we all understand even if it's just listening to the podcast learning one thing from it i think then you can build off of that mm -hmm. right i think you can build off of that uh big time yeah well yeah uh, go ahead lee i'm sorry this is your oh, story no I, don't keep, I, I don't want to cut no you worries <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that um that is kind of the goal of the embracing autism podcast so we make it a point to make sure to provide as much of that information as possible so um you learn all about all these things and the statistics and what to do about it yes absolutely and and and, and if you have time out there if you're listening make sure you check out the embracing autism podcast i know i will be um i'm, I'm very interested in numbers uh, you know as uh as a fellow type of researcher myself um, with with psychology, which is uh, nice. That's a whole other conversation we oh, could definitely. have, Aaliyah. <laughs> but, um, and the founder of, of Autism uh, Wish. I, I challenge everybody out there to make sure you check out the website, um, autismwish.org. Uh, check out the podcast. Learn more about Leah and her um, trusty partner, right? Your Matt, husband? Matt McCabe. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'm <laughs> yes, sorry, Yes, give Matt. him a little plug. Um, <laughs> A little plug. Matt will appreciate that. Hey, Matt. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Leah, we will definitely get you back on before Christmas because we'll we'll do a, uh, again, we'll see kind of where we're at. Maybe you can give me a little quiz about what I've learned more. <laughs> yeah. um, and, 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 and maybe we'll try to get my uh, friend uh, Lori on the podcast and we can get everybody on there. It'd be really cool to get yeah, us all talking about that as well. Yeah. Well, Leah, I want to thank you again for for joining us today. I am just I'm privileged. I actually I am very privileged um, because uh, this is something that um, I think is, is so important. And and I guess I, I, I realized the importance of it before coming on. But after talking with you about it, I am definitely uh, much respect to what you do and your you and your husband. And and um, keep fighting the good fight. Thanks so much for having me on. You are welcome and have a wonderful day. Thanks, everybody, for listening to their stories.